it's hard it's definitely difficult but with everything I feel like there's a silver lining um I wouldn't be the person I am today without going through that and it's something that we all have to go through you know Actually, you know what? I actually like the episodes that we just start talking. Me too. And we don't do like, hey, hey guys. guys, welcome back to, okay, Mary. You know, you know? what's funny? I was literally thinking that when I got out of the shower today. That I we're not going to so... start it. We'll just start talking. And I was just thinking, I like it better when we just, just go. When yeah. Like, hey guys, that's so funny. We are totally in sync. Ugh, no wonder we started this flames. podcast together. No wonder. <laughs> flames? Twin Twin Twin, twin flames. flames. <laughs> What do you think I said? In flames. I was like, bitch, we are not in hell. <laughs> we are not inflamed. My stomach, maybe. I know, my body feels inflamed. <laughs> twin <laughs> flames. We are twin no. flames. Yeah. Um, so this episode is going to be quite the episode. Quite deep. If you're looking for, like, an uplifting, you just want to set your day right, and, I don't know, just be I feel like maybe uplifted, yeah. then maybe this is not the podcast for you, but maybe come back to this, or I mean, I mean, it's, it depends what you're going through. There's a silver lining for everything, right? Yeah. I think it depends what you're going through, because, um, I feel like this could actually benefit a lot of people oh yeah like sure. me i feel like at the end of this it's really going to benefit me because i'm one of those people that have no experience on what well it'll happen eventually but yeah you know what i mean um yeah so i just don't know what it's like and i wish i had learned more like growing up like normalized it it's it's like a shit people don't talk about yeah. series that we've been doing and death is one of them yeah death and grief Grief, 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 <laughs> grief is one of them, and um, I just feel like it needs to be talked about, like how oh, to, oh yeah, because I mean grief. it's just so interesting when you think about it. It's the one thing I think I said this before. Death is the one thing on earth we are like absolutely certain about. People guaranteed. have beliefs, but that is guaranteed. guaranteed. Guaranteed, nobody lives forever. Yet it's the one thing that's like taboo taboo and just not even like no one gets used to it no one gets it's still so hard no matter what you believe in it's still so hard for people to go through it even Mm -hmm. though we know it's just a normal way of life yeah yeah so i always found that so interesting about death because i'm one of those people like i think about i don't even like thinking about it but losing a loved one and i'm pretty weak when it comes to that kind of stuff because i was never surrounded by these conversations so it feels so abnormal to me Mm -hmm. but i was always so infatuated with the idea that like how is how have we not figured out better ways to cope how have we not figured out right a way to just accept the inevitable because that is so certain it's just like what's after is so uncertain for so many people and i think that's what makes it so hard yeah but yeah i'm definitely one of those people that just wouldn't know i hate thinking about it because i just feel like i would probably pass out and like lose my breath just from like the emotions yeah that would take over my whole yeah you know for sure are your parents i mean are your parents are your grandparents still alive no they're not alive and they died when i was very very young, young so, so you I don't, didn't know them yeah my parent my mom's parents died before i was even born mm-hmm. and my dad's dad i guess died when i was like a baby so i don't remember him i remember my grandma and i was really young when she died um I remember being really sad, and I remember my dad being really sad, but I do remember because we weren't, we never were really, it makes me really sad now that I'm older, actually, and this is kind of probably going to make me cry. It's okay. We're going to cry a lot (laughs) on this podcast. I'm going to make Sabrina bawl her eyes out, probably. Yeah, you probably are. I'm very empathetic, so whatever you're feeling, I'm going to feel too. (laughs) But I was never close to my grandma because we had like a language barrier. My parents never taught me Farsi, and it's all she ever spoke. And it makes me really heartbroken thinking, like, my dad means the world to me. Mm-hmm. That was my dad's mom. Yeah. 
So I think about my grandparents, even though I didn't really know them, as so special to me because mm-hmm. my parents are so special to me. Yeah. So whoever's special to them is special to me, even though yeah. I didn't know them. So I like really am upset. I never got to know her. I mean, we lived together, but it was so hard to communicate with her because I couldn't speak Farsi. Do you remember what age you were when she passed? I was young. I was... I don't remember my age. I remember, like, I think I was... I was definitely single digits. Like, it was like under five, 10. six. Yeah. I just remember being at the memorial. My parents didn't take me to funeral, and I saw my dad cry, and I was bawling, and my brother looks at me. He's like, shh, stop crying. Like, that's all, all I remember. And I remember my cousin and my auntie. I was at my cousin Sonia's house, and I was so young, and I remember they came up, and they told me that my grandma died. Yeah. And then... I mean, I don't even remember how I felt. Because did you like, really... I feel like at that young age, you don't really know. Understand. And yeah, yeah, you can't really comprehend like what death is and where do they go? Like, are they in the sky? Yeah, yeah. You know? I didn't even think about it as death, I think. Like, if I can't remember, which I hardly do. It's just her being gone? I just remember crying a lot, but I feel like I almost cried because of their reaction. Like, this yes. is how I think about it. When I was, I think I was 12, I got ran over by a hockey player. He skated over my finger. I blacked out. I woke up. I saw blood all over the ice. And I was fine. Like, I didn't feel any pain. I looked up. Everyone's face was, like, shook. And then I started crying. And I always remember that as, like, such a pivotal moment for me. Thinking, like, wow, other people's reactions and emotions and how they react to things affects how I react to things. So I don't know if I was... I might have just been so young to understand death and why it made me sad, but I did cry because I only started crying when I saw my dad cry. I only started crying when my cousins were telling me and my cousin and my auntie were telling me and their faces were just like in shock, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm very, very scared for the day I have to feel it as an adult because I just don't necessarily understand how... Yeah... I'm going to cope with it. it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, when... Oh, no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so I can... my um, For those of you who don't know, my dad passed away in 2019. Um, and I can kind of give it like a backstory. I wrote notes okay. yesterday. That's good. And hopefully I like cried out all my tears yesterday. So oh! that's <laughs> You know, I was going to say, I'm kind of bummed. I was like, should we... Do you want me to edit this podcast? I was thinking that before you got here, and I was like, where's my computer? I need to charge it. Maybe I should edit this podcast. No, it's fine. And and I feel like, if anything, I might listen back and and have... I probably will have more things to say, because I always... I always... Yeah, I could. Yeah. I always listen back to podcasts, like, deep ones, and I'm like, oh, I have so much more I could have said, like the Mormon one. Oh, yeah. Um, my dad passed away in 2019. I do feel like... Because all my grandparents have died. My grandma died in 2013-ish. I want to say 2013. And then we were caring for a, like, a family friend. Her name was Nana. Well, we not her name, but we called her Nana. Um, she lived with us for, like, three years and passed away in our home as well. Like, we were doing everything for her because she had dementia. Oh, uh, So, like, diapers, feeding her, everything. And then even my grandpa, my mom's dad, lived with us for a time. Uh, And he passed away. I don't know what year, but... So, I've been around death. Like, I've experienced it. But not in the way that I experienced my dad's death, if that kind of makes sense. Um, was just it because you were closer? Yeah, just because like, it was my dad versus uh, a grandparent who was lived till, mm-hmm. you know, 80-something, 90-something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Nana, she was a family friend, and she was 90-something as well. Yeah. So it's a little different when you're dealing with a, a loss of a dad that dies at 70. So in 2012, my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Um, which for those of you who don't know, it's basically a disease of the, of the mind or of the like, yeah, the brain, like the, the nervous system, basically, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, and it's, I wouldn't say it's very curable. It's kind of like something you kind of have to live with. Um, you can take medication to 
lessen the like the tremors and stuff like that. And then I actually looked up life expectancies of Parkinson's disease. Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna like just mess up this course. (laughs) Oh my speaking. And it says 10 to 12 years. So he passed away seven years later after being diagnosed. So he didn't quite make it. But 10 to 20 years. That's a long time. That's I so feel different. like cuz cuz cancer I mean you never it's know all with depending. cancer. Yeah. Cuz my uncle recently passed too with well, he had Huntington's disease. Kind my of dad sick. is very my dad's brother. He's like yeah. very I don't know, I think my dad is like very convinced he had Parkinson's disease and was like Mis- wrongfully mis- treated diagnosed. and that's why. Yeah, oh. they were similar in age and he was diagnosed a while ago. Honestly, my uncle that recently passed, God bless him. Um, I all I remember of him is with that disease. So was your dad like? Could you tell? Was it severe enough where like his behavior was different? No. Okay. No, I mean, was... I'm not sure why they went into the doctors, but ultimately, yeah, he was diagnosed with that, and basically that was kind of the downfall. He kind of got diagnosed and was like, okay, well, I guess this is what's going to take me. I mean, he never said that outright, but we kind of got that feeling like, and I kind of feel like it was a placebo thing too. Like he knew that he was diagnosed with this, so he didn't try any harder, you know, to like Mm. eat healthier, work out, be better. He kind of just let it get the best of him. But Parkinson's, I asked my mom, so Parkinson's is like, chemical based I guess and I asked my mom I was like what do you think caused his Parkinson's so she said Hmm. heavy metals in food and fish uh he said he washed the house with Clorox (laughs) (laughs) he like loved you know like raid yeah the yeah the brooch poison yeah he always had that in his bedroom he was always spraying spraying um bugs uh, yeah, so, like, chemicals around the house, and then she said possibly from the military. So, the military told him that if, if he had been in for one more year, he could have gotten, gotten compensated from them because of Agent Orange. Like, I guess he just missed that one-year mark or span mm. of whatever, how many years. Because they were all exposed to Yes, very toxic. they were all exposed to Agent Orange. And I guess the guys that were working one more year got compensated. But I'm like, well, he got diagnosed with Parkinson's, so is we should have been enough? compensated. Yeah. yeah, isn't that enough to be yeah. compensated? Yeah, so crazy. Diagnosed in, like, 2012. Um, and then we kind of didn't really see, like, a huge downfall until I would say, like... 2017-18 was kind of hard years for him. Um, like, we had to assist him. He started wearing diapers. We had to assist him in the shower. Like, we were taking care of him. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it's harder when caring for a parent and then losing them versus... I mean, either way, it's hard no matter what. But I remember tweeting on... It, uh, tweeting on Instagram. Tweeting on Twitter and writing something like, I wish there was just some way to learn how to deal with death and coping with losing a loved one. Yeah. And I remember my friend Jazz, or she messaged me because she had just lost her father like a year or two prior. So she messaged me and she was like, I don't know what you're going through, but if you need anybody to talk to, like you can come over and we can talk. And I remember going over her house and just being so after it had happened and just being so like stoic or or just like being so like I don't think I cried like we talked for hours and at the end or maybe like an hour in I had finally said oh yeah my dad passed away like a week ago and she was like oh wait nobody knew when it happened no because I had gone to her house before I had posted about it oh yeah, because I think I I waited I waited a while. I didn't, like, tell. Oh. I mean, only my best friends knew, and then family, of course. But 
Yeah, because I didn't specify in the tweet that that had happened. I just had said, like, I wish there was a way, like, that somebody or something could prepare you for death. And so she was kind of just talking about her relationship with her dad and how he passed away and just, like, how to, you know, just, like, coping and stuff. And then I, yeah, I I told her, I was like, yeah, he passed away a few days ago. And she's like, wow, like, how are you so... She didn't ask that, but I think she was just shocked about how... Strong. calm yeah. I was yeah and I feel like at that time after it had happened like I kind of because there was so much going on like my friend was getting married so we were planning her her bridal shower her bachelorette party her yeah. wedding like I think he passed away a few days before her wedding so I what I do when I get sad I don't know if it I I like detach myself you're avoidant yeah Yeah. I'll detach myself from the situation and this is probably really bad because I was not the same person for like six months you're not the only one who does it though yeah I remember going to work and just like nobody knew what had happened and I remember like one of the managers like a month later was like he had no idea he's like are you okay like did something happen because you're not the same person and and then I told him and he's like wow I had no idea well actually I did let the guy that was covering my route I told him I was like if anybody asks like you can tell him what had happened because I don't want to have to go back to work and explain what had happened to 20 million people yeah right so back to the story with my friend Jazz so we talked for hours and same thing like she had cared for her dad and was taking care of her dad as well and um yeah I just remember when it happened it's like a it's crazy because like you can be so sad and so heartbroken but in the same 20 minutes you can be like laughing and and remembering the times that you know you spent together and so and then it makes you feel guilty, you know? Like, when you're laughing, you're like, wait, I shouldn't be sad. Or I shouldn't be happy right now. I need to be sad. And then you feel bad for feeling happy. And it's just like, oh, okay. it's wild. It's okay. wild. But I really think talking to her that day helped me so much. That's good. Shout out, Jazz. Yeah. Thank you for helping, Emily. You a real one. Yeah. Having support and, like, people around you, especially with, like, their same experience is so helpful. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, I don't know if there's any, like, nonprofits here that deal with grief, but I feel like I could totally open, like, a like a nonprofit grief counseling, grief counseling situation to help people cope, cope and talk and through it. And just feel not alone. I totally would. You know, before I forget, I wanted to say when you mentioned how you felt guilty, I totally understand that because I feel like I would feel that way too, but maybe this might help someone or maybe clear it up for you. God forbid this is something you have to go through again. Um, I mean, again, we all do. Yeah. My cousin, Shada. Shada, if you're listening to this, I love you. Um, Her dad recently passed and... She was really close with her dad, and I remember I went to California to visit them. And the whole time, like, we spent hours, and all she did was, like, talk about memories. She was laughing. She was happy, cracking up, and, like, she didn't break down and cry. And I found it so admirable, but I was also just, like, a little bit confused. I was like, Shada, like, how are you doing this and I remember at the end like I let you know we talked for hours about Mm -hmm. him and I asked her I was like you're handling this really well like you're extremely strong she goes you know it's very weird because if this happened a year ago or like six months ago she's like I would probably want to die I always said that I would commit suicide like if I lost my parents and I say that too and she's like but I really think he's making me strong I really, really think that. And she goes, I know he wouldn't want me to be sad and depressed. Mm-hmm. Like, I know he... W- I'm going to cry. <laughs> Do you see the, yeah. the water welling up in my eyes? 
<laughs> yeah, I did, and then I started crying. <laughs> but I was like, that's interesting, and I take that thought because I think. <laughs> Breathe, girl. I know. Oh, it's not even my. Feet. I mean, I never met yeah. him, but I think that helps too. Is thinking like they don't want you to be sad. You no. know, you feel like you need to be sad. But if you think, well, if they want me to be happy, I'm going to try really yeah. hard to be happy. Mm-hmm. 100%. And then, I don't know, I, I'm really bad at explaining it, but that really changed my perspective mm-hmm. on a lot when it comes to, like, losing a loved one. Because I just know for a fact her dad would want her to be happy. So yeah. I guess she was just taking that mindset and, like, it was really working. And she's like, I have bad days. Like, I break down and I cry. I'm obviously extremely sad. But, um, yeah, he, he was also sick. Mm-hmm. and struggling too so i know it also helps some people to know like at least they're not suffering yes. you know with this sickness anymore yeah. yeah yeah for sure and i feel like after after you lose someone so close you kind of they call it like grief glasses like you see the world through a different yeah light yeah. now that something so traumatic has happened to you so closely and you kind of like, I've, I would f- say, like, I've kind of built a wall up where I don't really get rocked by things as easily. I like, know. Kekai will get rocked by the tiniest things, yeah. and I'm just like... It's not that serious. Why, why do you care? Like, I remember why? talking to you, re- like, really soon after your dad yeah. passed, and I remember you saying, like, this is what made me really, like, understand your like, what you were going through, you're like, really, nothing's that serious. Yeah. And you said, I go to work, and my boss complains about something, and I'm just thinking, like, what? Like, I noticed that you took everything that happened in your life as really not that serious, Mm -hmm. because, like, you felt something a lot more serious. Yeah. And that's why people always say, careful not to take what you have for granted and like not to always be angry when you go to bed because you never know and you look back and you're like that was such a silly thing to lose my mind over yeah nothing's really that serious and I it's funny because we weren't like close before your dad passed so I didn't know like how you were before your dad passed but I do remember having that conversation with you like soon after and I could tell you were like a new person in the sense that like you looked at life like it's so fragile mm-hmm. and really nothing is that big of a deal. So it is important to always stay positive yeah. because there's, you know, like there's so many worse things you could be feeling. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's kind of like a, it's just so crazy. It's hard to wrap your mind around anything like that. And I, f- and it was difficult because when it happened, like everybody is there for you for the, the first day, the first yeah. week, and then a month later, people stop checking in. Yeah. And then, I mean, this sounds horrible, but it's like I kind of got like a little disappointed with not not people in particular, yeah. but like humanity. Like any advice to somebody who's significant other or um, – best friend is going through this like (laughs) you're doing really good (laughs) like I would say check in with them monthly yeah and even years after check in with them years after be like I mean they don't have to be crying and disappointed for you to bring up the subject yeah and be like, hey, we haven't talked about your dad in a while. Like, how are you doing with that? Um, I mean, the goal is not to make them cry, but it yeah. just to talk about it is so good. Like, That's I feel actually like really good advice because, from my perspective, like I feel like. I never want to bring up. That's that's because I'm afraid yeah. you're like gonna just I'm break healed. Down. Why would you bring it yeah, up? No. You know, like I wouldn't want to bring you down when you feel like kind of like a breakup. Like yeah. I always tell my friends, like if I was going through a breakup don't bring him up, don't bring him up, I'm working on myself, and then they bring him up, and be like, fuck you, like, yeah. I was feeling so good, Yeah. and now you just put me down again. Yeah. So it's not the same with I, I feel like maybe 80% of people that have lost somebody will want to talk about it. Yeah. Like, constantly. Because sometimes you're just seeing your head. Yeah, and a lot of people shy away from death, like, it's so taboo, but yeah. 
we have to change like change the narrative and just like it's okay to talk about like honestly I don't even think I talked to my friends about it yet like I think they're they're not afraid to ask me about it but just like they don't want to make me cry you know I think they're probably thinking the same thing I think yeah like I oh we don't want to bring it up to talk like because I think the first time I saw them after it had happened was my friend's rehearsal like wedding rehearsal and they all just like hugged me you know yeah no questions and just I honestly just think we I don't think we've talked about it honestly really and it's crazy because I've detached myself from that whole month kind of like I can think back to that week and not really remember what happened at the wedding. Like you were kind of operating like like in a, a different yes <laughs> consciousness, or just like yeah. I was just a robot, like going yeah. through the motions yeah. and not really feeling everything one hundred percent. I think it's just avoidant nature of someone. Like something my therapist told me too is like when you start feeling something that you obviously don't want to feel your first thought is not to go through it and feel it and get through it. You just want to run away from it, right? Like any person, no one wants to feel grief. It's a terrible feeling. Yeah. So of course you're going to do anything you can to like mask that pain. Mm -hmm. But that's what they always say, like band-aids don't heal bullet holes, you know? Like it's not something that you can constantly do, but it's not something to also be ashamed of because it's not, we're human. We're not perfect. We're not like oh, I'm so mentally aware of everything going on and I know how to solve all my, all my own problems. So yeah. that's, it makes sense that you would have reacted that way your first month. Yeah, and then I, I do also feel like I, it kind of just like all... Um, whoo, I'm so crying again. <laughs> it's okay, girl, let it out. I kind of just felt everything like the next couple months. Like, because I did take a month off of work. I just packed all my vacation together and didn't go into work. And then I remember the first day I was like, because I was in, I was stay, I stayed home for probably like a week and Kikai was finally like, okay, you need to get out of the house. Like we need to go somewhere. Yeah. So we went to the beach in Waimanalo. And I just remember that day just being so like, Like, just realizing my new reality, in a sense. Um. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I'm going to need to cut out all these pauses. <laughs> no, keep it. I think you should keep it, because I think people want to know that we're human. Yeah. And that we're not just, like, rock-solid robots being able to talk yeah. about this with no emotion. Yeah. Um, where was I going with that? I don't know. But that day, yeah. I was like... (laughs) It's a good thing we're not using the video camera. I know, right? (laughs) I kind of had, like, anger. Yeah. They say that's... Is that the first stage of grief is anger? Maybe. Is it? (laughs) They talk about the... Let me look it up. I know there's like this certain science behind grief and there's certain stages of grief. And anger, I believe, is the first one. Um, Okay, you can look it up. I'll try to continue my story. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember feeling angry that day. Mm -hmm. Like angry at my dad. We're not trying harder to live longer. Uh, just like being like, why? Because he could have, you know, he could have fought harder, I feel like. Um, especially living with him. Like, I tried to make him healthy smoothies and make him drink celery juice and you know all these 
myths or things that will help with Parkinson's disease. We tried all of that and he was just like, kind of just like, no, I'm not drinking that. Like, I want a milkshake from Burger King. (laughs) I don't want, what is that green? Like, I don't want to eat rabbit food. Like, you know, he was just like so adamant about living the life the way he wants to. Yeah, living, yeah, exactly the life he envisioned or whatever. And he was not trying to get any better. I remember that day just being so angry. Like, why didn't he try harder? Yeah. Um, and then I was mad at myself, too. I was like, why am I feeling angry at my dead dad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a different perspective to see from that is something, like, example, my my ex, his, his grandpa is still alive. Um, but something that he always struggled with is that his papa would still do like really unhealthy things. Like he's still driving. He's pretty old. He is like paralyzed in one side of his body. He always tries to like move things by himself. And I asked him, I was like, why doesn't he just relax? He also isn't taking his medication that doctor tells him to Mm -hmm. take. And I would always ask, I'd be like, why does he not, why does he do this? Like, why is he not taking doctor's order? Why is he just living like he's young? And he's like, I honestly think, I always thought like it's a man's pride. Mm -hmm. But he's like, he just doesn't want to live his life that way. Like he knows like if this, these are his last several years, Mm -hmm. he just wants to spend those last several years on earth living it how he wants to live it and not like, like someone that's old and incapable. Right. So I, from your perspective, I would feel the same way because my mom always told me, she's like, Sabrina, if I'm ever like a vegetable, if I'm in a coma, just unplug me. I was like, no, I would never. I would be so mad at you for not trying. She's like, no, Sabrina, I don't want to live like that. I'd be like, even if there was a chance that you'd wake up a year from now, you wouldn't do that for me and dad and Sasha. She's like, no, it's not how I want to live. And I'm thinking like, you're so selfish. Like I was getting, I had a full on fight with my mom about this because it's literally in her what do you call it? DNR. Do not do yeah. not resuscitate. Yeah. Will. Living will. And I get so mad at her. Because yeah. I'm like, no. Like, you're not going to do that. Because you might wake up. Yeah. And I literally would be hate you. Like, if you actually something happened. And, like, they unplugged you. And, like, we never even got to know if there was an opportunity or a chance. Yeah. So, it's like, I see it from both perspectives. And it's hard. And then I see also, like, when you're, like, thinking, it feels like it's selfish but I don't think it is I think it's just it's yeah. not of lack of love you know yeah. it's just yeah human like because you're the one here grieving yeah you know you're the one that has to feel these ways uh-huh. because they didn't want to try right. harder and honestly it's kind of quality over quantity like yeah maybe he would yeah. still be alive but maybe his quality of life would still be shit yeah you know? exactly and so, do I want that for him probably not yeah yeah. Because like, his quality of life his last year was, he was not happy. Yeah, yeah. I remember he was FaceTiming my sister, or he, this, sorry, separate stories, but um, he would always talk to us about how he wanted his funeral, or funeral planned. Like, I have a video recording of him telling my mom not to be stingy on the food, <laughs> to make sure she orders enough food, and... Where he wanted, like, he loved Chinese food. So, of course, he wanted Chinese food catered. Like, he just gave us, like, a whole list of things and was scolding her. Don't be stingy on the food. Make sure there's enough for everybody. (laughs) Um, And I feel like that week or two prior, he... I feel like, honestly, he probably picked his time. Because a week or two prior, he was FaceTiming my sister and was telling her, like don't overwork yourself because she was in nursing school and he was just like telling her all these things and yeah like two weeks prior he was just like just prepping us all I feel like he was prepping us Mm -hmm. all um and essentially his um quality of life went down I would say like two weeks prior to him passing away and then he stopped he stopped eating and drinking so that's basically I think um what he passed from Mm -hmm. and like I always tell myself or I used to I've kind of gotten over this but I used to be like maybe we should have tried harder maybe we should have force fed him like 
all these things you you say you could have done you should have done but yeah I mean quality over quantity I'm like maybe he would still be alive but he wouldn't be happy yeah yeah and I he knew that it was also really hard on us taking care of him Mm -hmm. because he was so stubborn he was the most stubborn man like we would get into into fights like yeah I would wake up in the middle of the night and he'd be (laughs) on the ground because he tried to do something or whatever and I would have to pick him up or you know just clean him up Mm -hmm. and just crazy but yeah losing a losing a parent at a younger age I feel like is is harder than losing them say at like 50 you know of course like you know like I have this terrible like thought when somebody loses their grandparent that's 95 I'm like okay they were 95 I mean obviously a grandparent is like a significant part of your life and you love them so much you anticipate it more because their age yeah but when you're young and you expect your parent to be there for your big life moments yeah exactly you're like what this is not fair like you're supposed to be a grandparent first yeah so you're thinking yeah you're thinking about all those valuable years that you should have had with them yeah here yeah i mean essentially essentially they're always with you like in soul but that's exactly what I was thinking like getting married I I feel like the last two years I've detached myself from the thought of marriage just because I couldn't imagine (laughs) I couldn't imagine getting married without him And honestly, I probably still feel that way. That's why I like... People always ask me, like, oh, when are you getting married? I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really don't. Like, yeah. It's hard. It's definitely difficult. But with everything, I feel like there's a silver lining. Um, I wouldn't be the person I am today without going through that. And it's something that we all have to go through, you know? And, um, whew. You just gotta give yourself time. Um, I feel like that's really necessary. And then, like, sitting in your grief, feeling it, crying, that's all so important. Definitely give yourself time to cry. There will be days where, like, I can feel it in my stomach and in my throat yeah like just like this this feet this feeling yes yes heaviness and i'm just like okay i need a good cry like i know i just need to cry it all out and then i'll feel a little better set you off too so it's better to let those emotions out yeah and there'll be times like you're listening to a song or you see something or you smell something that'll remind you of them i know it'll be hard but that's kind of like I feel like it's them popping through to give you reminders of them. Um, not to make you sad, but just to remember that they're not gone. Yeah, they're not gone. And I would love like just for him to be a part of the conversation always. Yeah. Like I think it's important to talk about them yeah. even though they're gone. <sighs> that's the one thing too is like you said like you feel like your friends will bring it up because they're afraid of making you cry like, I feel like in family relationships too like I feel really uncomfortable anytime I want to bring up my uncle like with my mom or my dad so like I remember just like when they were here and I wanted to bring him up I was kind of like whispering to my mom because I just didn't want to like trigger my dad you know those feelings of my dad and I think that's where like these two perspectives are really interesting because like you're you know of course still actively going through grief like I think anyone is like it's not like it's it has a time period like you could be grieving for 30 years yeah you know? for sure um but it's it is a taboo topic and it does feel uncomfortable for like loved ones to bring up their name mm-hmm. or bring them up because we're afraid of making the person we love like sad or thinking yeah. like, oh, they're doing really well. They look like they're healing. I'm just not going to bring it up. 
because, you know, I don't want them to feel set back. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, it's something I think about every day. I think about him every day. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody who's lost someone close to them thinks about them every day. And you want them to be in your everyday life, even though they're not physically here. Like, they should live on through you, through your kids, through your family. I think it's very important. And it'll come in waves where, like, you're feeling happy one second, then you're feeling sad. And, yeah, that's important to know that even though they're not here physically, they're always with you in your soul. But I mean, grief can also be tied in with a lot of other things like loss of a significant other, yeah. um, a breakup of a friendship, yeah. loss of like freedom, jobs, home, finances, especially in like 2020 when so many people were losing their jobs. I mean, grief plays a huge part in all those things you could lose. And it's like acknowledging that we need to take care of ourselves, number one. Um, Spiritually, physically, and more importantly, like mentally. And everybody is different and we need to find what works for ourselves. And our soul and our spirit will thank us for it. But yeah, like... I think that's important. You know, I I completely agree. And I think it's it's funny. So I once had this breakup and I literally was acting as if this person died. Like my reaction to it I mean, was you know, so, it's almost worse because they're, they're here. Yeah. They're still on this earth. That's what my mom said to me. And I felt really validated when she said that because I was like, yeah, it does. It's It feels worse than if they had passed. And it sounded crazy. Um, but I realized, you know, I had a friend once too, and she would like break up with guys and she was like totally okay. And I just remember feeling like death every day. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't eat at all. And I just, the way I reacted was as if I was grieving someone, but it, it did feel worse. And I hate to say that, but it did. And I always just thought, like, am I crazy? Why am I so emotional? Am I obsessed? Um, but I heard... This was years ago. This was, like, six years ago, seven years ago. I heard this song, Taylor Swift wrote, and um, she said, like... I'm sure she didn't mean it like this, because, like, in the song, it's, like, this girl who's been, like, waiting on... Waiting and, like, with a D over, like how heartbroken she's been over a breakup for years Mm -hmm. and the lyric was like breakups happen every day you don't have to lose it Mm -hmm. and it's funny because that's how I felt like people perceive me they're like it's just a breakup you don't have to lose it I was so I literally my mom I was so emotional my parents they flew here because they were obviously concerned and I exploded and my mom fainted. I know. I feel terrible still. We took her to the hospital. She mm-hmm. was in the hospital and we were both just like not okay. And my dad. <laughs> oh, dad. This is a conversation I had with my therapist yesterday. Is like, he, I always felt like he minimized my emotions a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's she taught me that it wasn't lack of love it's just because of the way he deals with anxiety and like me wanting to be okay is like he just wants to solve the problem like he gets uncomfortable when I'm sad because he doesn't want me to be sad yeah so something I've just recently learned but we're at the hospital at the ER and my dad's like what can you do for her because she is going through a breakup some stupid boy and she's depressed and then the nurse is like, oh, honey, they're just boys. You'll be okay. And, like, I just felt so, like, I was like, nobody gets this. Nobody understands. Like, I feel like dying. Like, yeah. every night I went to bed feeling like, I can't even tell. The one thing that was on my mind all the time is, like, I want to get in a car because I didn't want to die. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I want something to happen where I lose my memory. Like, it's all I could think about. I'm like, I want to lose my memory. I want to lose my memory. Oh my because I just didn't want to feel, mm-hmm. like, that way anymore. And then recently i had a friend whose 
broke up her boyfriend broke up with her and she texted me the other day and she's like Sabrina you're the only person that understands how hard this is for me Mm -hmm. she's like it feels worse than like grieving a death yeah and she's like people think I'm crazy they just don't get it but it's so hard and I feel like that also needs to be talked about too you know like the grief of losing someone especially if you're an empath and you're more emotional um and you're not maybe completely secure in who you are like losing someone you love is really really scary it's really really scary yeah yeah and we lose things all day every day like everybody out there is losing something someone you know it's and it's not like we're taught in school like how to grieve or deal with loss deal with loss or it's not something your parents would typically sit you down when you're 12 and teach you about grief you know and there's no way to really prepare yourself either it's kind of just like when you are going through it just to know that in time things will get better I mean you'll you will grieve the loss of whoever for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. in this physical world but the healing process will be completely different it's like a way of being able to still feel the sadness and sorrow but be able to still laugh in that same moment yeah and not feel guilty about it and it's you're sad but it doesn't it doesn't hurt as yeah. much like you don't feel like physical pain anymore. yeah and i feel like our loved ones that have passed on they'll send us little reminders to laugh and smile yeah. and you'll be jogged with memories and just know that just because they're not here physically they're still in your soul forever how like i know that you kind of had like a month where you were really distracted and doing other things but at what point did you have like a pivotal moment where like you woke up and you were just like like you got through the pain of it as far as like the physical pain of it and you just I guess was the the stage of grief acceptance like when did that happen for you like when did you feel like I can talk about my dad and it doesn't feel as heavy anymore girl still i know i don't know have i gone through that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but you know what i mean like when you got to the where you could think more um healthy regarding it is i guess what i was trying to say because of course your emotions and your thoughts are running crazy when you're first going through it but after some time like now you can speak on it so healthily healthily you talk about like how you felt you're like i know i don't feel that way anymore i recognize that it wasn't right to feel those ways i recognize you know but in the moment right it's all you could feel yeah like when do you feel like how much time did it take for you to realize like this is my reality and i'm gonna be okay i think every i mean every couple months i'll have like a little reality check like He's gone. He's never coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think six months after he passed, I had a dream. He was in it. Oh. And we were driving. Well, he was driving, actually. His little red Corolla. And I was in the passenger seat. <laughs> and he was dropping me off somewhere. And it was at the point where I was like, wait, I don't trust you di- driving home alone. Mm-hmm. So I, I was sitting there and I was telling him, like, no. I don't, tr- I don't trust you to drive home alone by yourself. Like, I need to go with you. And he told me, I'll be fine. He's like, no, I'll be fine driving home. And I was like, are you sure? Like, I should probably go with you. And then if anything, I can drive back. He's like, no, I'm dropping you off here. I'll be fine. And I woke up from that dream. <sighs> <laughs> I woke up from that dream and I told my mom about it and she was like that was probably a sign like saying like he's fine yeah yeah you don't need to worry about him anymore and if you think about it metaphorically it's like he doesn't want you to go backwards he wants you to go like forward forwards it's actually 
that made me think of something my mom brought up. I was having like... (laughs) (laughs) Happy thoughts, happy thoughts. Um, I was having like a mental breakdown the other day because my parents are getting older and I was telling her like, mom, I don't know what I would do. And so I was telling her how I feel guilty every day that I live so far away from them. Because God forbid something happens to them, I'm going to feel that guilt for the rest of my life not spending time with them. And my mom said to me, and this really helped, and it kind of sounds a lot like metaphorically what your dream is about. My mom said, she's like, Sabrina, we never ever want you to look back or go backwards because of being your dad. We want you to look forward. We left our parents for our dreams and for our future when we were young and that's what you're doing here. So never feel guilty, never feel sad, take things lightly. We're here to support you, but we're going to die and it's inevitable, but I don't want you to like think, "Oh, it was so sad. My parents are getting old. Oh, I'm so sad. Like I should have been there for my parents." She's like, "Stop thinking like that. Don't think backwards. Think what forwards." What I should have done. Yeah. yeah. Your mom is such a wise woman. She's so wise. She is really wise. And you know something interesting? I think this was, like, new for her because she did say, like... So when my mom had my brother, my mom... She was pregnant with my brother. She was... Let's see, 30. 30? Yeah, because my mom had me she was 39. So my mom was 30. She hadn't seen her parents... In a long time, because she left um, Iran, and she was in Canada. And she was pregnant, and my her mom died. She never got to go to the funeral or anything, and she did not take it very well. And then, three months later, her dad died. Before he was, or actually, he died, and they didn't tell my mom until after she gave birth. Um, because they didn't want her to be that stress you know going Mm -hmm. through birth then they told her and um my mom was telling me recently because my brother like years ago his or five years ago ish four years ago his um one of his friends childhood friends passed away and my brother reacted really bad like he wasn't okay with grief and my mom said she's like i blame myself for not teaching you and Sasha about death and grief. She's like, I feel like I really feel... I'm going to cry because I love my mom and I'm sad when she feels these ways. She's like, I feel like I really failed as a parent in that aspect because it's not easy for you. You guys cannot handle loss and I feel like that's my fault. And then my cousin... So my cousin, Bita, she's buried to a guy named Ryan and Ryan they have kids mm-hmm. so me and Ryan they have two kids my little cousins Alex and Sam mm-hmm. and this was years ago um, so Alex and Sam's cousin uh-huh. who is Ryan's brother's kid they were like similar in age they were all like toddlers the toddler passed away so Alex and Sam's cousin Ryan and Bita's nephew mm-hmm. passed away and my mom said that she was so impressed and so just Bita brought Alex and Sam to the funeral and they talked to them. They're like, this is what happened to, I don't even remember his name, the mm-hmm. toddler who passed. But they like explained it to them and they're so young, but they talked to them about it and brought them around it. And my mom was like, why didn't I ever do that? Yeah. She thought she was, like, protecting me and Sasha. And she said that was her wake-up call. But she's like, I should have done that. And, like, I feel bad now saying this. But, like, I do wish I was exposed to it more. Yeah. Because the thought of it makes me, like... <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It's... Yeah. But... She, that is very it's very new she is very wise <laughs> but um she's always been wise but I think she's learned a lot also just from like the new moms in mm-hmm. my family or like the newer moms in my family because 
I mean, she took that huge lesson just from Bita, and she's, you know, her kids were really young then, so she was practically, like, a new mom. Yeah. So. I do think it's important. I do feel like when I have children, I'll bring them to funerals. I'll make sure I talk to them about death and grief and everything. I mean, it sounds morbid, but... And that's the thing is, I think because it's morbid, people are afraid of yeah, it. We run af- from the conversation. We run from it. It's like taboo, but it shouldn't be. We should definitely talk about it more. And like I was saying earlier, if you have like a significant other or a friend that has had loss, loss of a family member, I feel like you should definitely talk to them about it. Um, more chances than not, they'll want to talk about it. Because they don't want to forget that person. That's, like, my biggest fear. Like, there will be days where I'm like, wait, what does his voice sound like? It's just crazy. Just hug the people you love when when they're here. (laughs) Give them so many hugs and love. But, yeah. They'll want you to... I mean, any for me, anyways. Like, I want him to be a part of the conversation, definitely. Well, I'm glad that your friends are definitely listening to this, too. Yeah. Now they know. Yeah. Ooh! <laughs> Do you feel like um, you were really lucky to have been going through this with your sisters by your side? Or did they handle it differently? Or how did it... How'd that play out for, like, all three three of you together? Well, two of them were living in Vegas at the time, so it was kind of just myself and my older sister, Courtney. Um, I think we all dealt with it differently. I do think that. And my other sister, the one older than Courtney, she's a lot more, I wouldn't say hard, but she it takes a lot more for her to cry and be emotional um so it's definitely different for each person and you kind of just gotta be there for each other um I mean there was times where we were laughing and reminiscing and then there's also times where we cry and I mean I made my mom cry just the other day because I was on snapchat and i saved a bunch of videos of yeah. him and i was showing them and we were laughing and then i look over and my mom's like in tears and i'm yeah. like i'm so sorry yeah and i just yeah. yeah i made her cry and then we had a good cry sesh and she was just like i just miss him so much and i was like i do too <laughs> yeah it's crazy because it can feel like it happened yesterday yeah when you think about it and let let the emotion take you over. Um, and then you'll have a good cry. And then you'll be fine. And then you'll be laughing ten minutes later. Yeah. But I think that's part of healing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's the missing, too. Like you said, like, you're upset. Like, that's something that's... Like, like dealing with the grief and the acceptance of it like takes time but you accept it it's just the missing like it's like i miss you you know yeah that's the hardest part i feel like and thinking of all the um all the big life moments that haven't happened yet that i would have wished he would have been here for but like i said he's here in seoul and who knows, maybe he would have been, like, still, maybe he would have still been bedridden, and would I want that for him? Probably not. Yeah. If I feel like that's a good note to close on, or else we're gonna keep crying. <laughs> yeah. How long has this podcast been? <sighs> Hour six. Oh, wow, is this our longest one? Maybe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for listening. <laughs> If you're still here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is that maybe we just need to talk about this more. And with the opportunity of, like, raising a new generation, 
mm-hmm. maybe we can start like the conversation so it's like it's always going to be painful it's never going to be easy but it's a little it gets easier the more we let other people know they're not alone because mm-hmm. sometimes when you're in the midst of these feelings yeah you feel like no one's ever felt those feelings before oh yeah for sure it's like the way you handle grief it's yeah. so hard for some people they're just like there's no way anyone's ever felt this way before yeah. and then it makes it even worse because you yeah. feel so alone right there's no way out and community having a community of people or just knowing there are people out there they're like i've been through this too and you see how they come out of it or they're there to support you or it just leaves you with hope in the midst of like so much sadness yeah so. and there's so much help you could get like I'm sure there's grief counseling somewhere. If not, call me. I could be your grief counselor. Um, or even just talking to a, a psychiatrist. Wait, psychiatrist? Like a therapist. Therapist. Yeah. yeah. And just having an outlet to let it all out. Because if you bottle it up That's and so don't cry it out ever and just bottle it up, bottle it up, yeah. it's like it could grow like a cancer in you yeah. of just sadness and grief. And one day... You know, these are thoughts that people who have loss in their life have versus someone who hasn't lost somebody. You know, they could have suicidal thoughts. They could have harmful thoughts. And if you bottle it all up, then that's that's something that's very real for some people. Um, but yeah, talk to somebody about it. Don't ever think that you're the only one going through something. We all have to go through it eventually, and it'll be okay in time. And there will be times where it's not okay, but we all will learn and grow from each other. Thank you so much for listening to this very deep episode. <laughs> next week we'll have we something. We need tissue. Yeah, next week we'll have something lighter and more fluffy for you. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about puppies. Oh, I was. <laughs> What were you saying? Sex. Sex? <laughs> I don't know. Your mind is somewhere else, honey. <sighs> Maybe both. Okay. <laughs> I'm hot now. Okay. Love you. Okay, thanks, guys. See Love you, you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.